0: As a Christian, or as a Catholic Christian, because Catholics are Christians, people don't realize that, Catholics are Christians. As a Christian, as a Catholic Christian, you will have enemies. Not everyone will be your friend in life. Everyone will befriend you in life. To think that everyone's going to like you Everyone's going to accept you. You won't be rejected as a Christian. That's not reality. As a Christian, and specifically as a Catholic Christian, you will have enemies. You will be hated. You will be despised. And Jesus told us that, that the world will hate you. If the world has hated me, it will hate you. If the world hated Jesus and crucified Jesus on the cross then they're going to do the same thing to his followers. And look at the apostles. You know, most of them ended up in martyrdom. The early Christians ended up in martyrdom. To our day, the 20th century, look at how many Christians have given their life for Christ. Look at how they've been hated. And look how Christians are still hated in so many places around the world today. So we will have enemies that will hate us, that will despise us, that won't understand what Christianity is about, that won't understand the great love and mercy of Jesus Christ and that he offers them salvation. So many times the demons will put blinders over people's eyes, blind them, like St. Paul, where where he was blinded in his zeal against the Christians. Until he was, he was thrown off his horse and he was blinded. Christ showed him his blindness and he was blind for three days, led by the hand for three days. And he had to see his own blindness before he converted, before he was baptized. When he was baptized, he became a Christian and then he could see again. He could see the true light of Christ again. Again. And if you think of Ananias, who Jesus appeared and went to Saul, Ananias loved his enemy, Saul. He baptized him. He did good to him. And he converted Saul, who became a Paul, who then became one of the greatest missionaries of Christianity, even to our day. The the missionary zeal of Paul, his letters, cannot be equaled even unto this day. So we hear this phrase of Jesus. We as Christians, were listening for a Christian. Well, maybe most of us are Christians. Maybe some of us are not Christians and are just interested in Christianity, maybe secretly. Maybe we're under persecution. Maybe we have to do it secretly. And Jesus says to us, you have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and to hate your enemy. So if our enemy hates us, how do we respond? Do we respond with hatred, with criticism? No. Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your heavenly father. And so what does the heavenly father do? He makes his sun rise on the bad and the good. And causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Think of it, if you're, if you're in an area where there's a lot of sunshine, right now the sun is shining upon the good and the bad, the just and the unjust. If you're living in an area in which there's rain, right now God is raining on the good and the bad and the just and the unjust. That's a gift, sun and rain are gifts from God. If you're here in New England, we have not sun, not rain. We have snow coming from the sky. And so God sends us snow on the bad and the good here and the just and the unjust. So that's where our heavenly father is doing. So how do we imitate our heavenly father? And you may say, well, I'm not God. I can't throw down rain or sun or snow upon my enemy. How do I love my enemy? That's a good question. Jesus says, love your enemy. How do I love my enemy? It's very difficult when someone hates me for being a Christian, for being a Catholic. How do I love someone who hates me? Who's my enemy? How do I love someone who's my enemy? That enemy might even be within your household itself. You can have enemies within your own household. How do you love? How do you love? Remember Jesus said he said you don't have to like your enemy. You don't have to like your enemy. You don't have to invite them over for pasta and meatballs and you know wine. You don't have to do that. Sorry I'm giving you food. I always give food examples. It always comes out even during Lent. Sorry about that if you're fasting. You don't have to like your enemy, but you do have to love your enemy. How do you love your enemy? How do you define love? If we use the Greek words, there's three Greek words for love. There's eros, which is a sensual love. We can't love your enemy like that. There's philia, which is a friendship love. You're not going to be friends with your enemies. So we can't do that. And then there's what's called agape. Agape means unconditional love. You love your enemy unconditionally. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about an unconditional love that there's no condition in which you love your enemy. How do you do that? You ever ask these questions? How do you do that? How do you love your enemy? And I'm going to relate to you a way of loving your enemy it is the works of mercy that there are seven spiritual works of mercy and seven corporal works of mercy. So first I'd like to begin with the seven spiritual works of mercy, and then I'll go into the seven corporal works of mercy. How can you love your enemy? So the seven spiritual works of mercy are, number one, admonish sinners. Number two, instruct the uninformed. Three, counsel the doubtful. Four, comfort the sorrowful. Five, be patient with those in error. Six, forgive offenses. And seven, pray for the living and the dead. I don't expect you to memorize that. That's why we have little booklets. That's why I have a little book here Message and Devotion of the Divine Mercy. So, first, how do you love your enemy? Now, you're going to be surprised at this. The first Spiritual work of mercy. The first way to love your enemy is to admonish the sinner. You're going to be surprised at that. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you judging that person if you admonish them for their sins? No, you're loving them. You're doing the best thing for them. You're admonishing them for their sins. But you always do it with gentleness with compassion. You don't do it with anger. You don't do it with hatred. You don't do it wagging your finger at them. That's not not a good way to admonish a sinner. To admonish a sinner is to tell them the truth. The road that you are on right now is leading you to hell. You need to convert. You need to change your life. That's admonishing the sinner. Straight up, to the point, and you're telling the person that they need to change and that there's always mercy if they do change. This is for a person that's hardened their heart, where God has given them all kinds of graces, all kinds of ways to change, All kinds of signs, and they keep hardening their heart. And sometimes you need to go up to that person who's your enemy and to say, you need to change. The life that you are living is not good. See, this is Lent, so sometimes you need to be tough during Lent. You need to change. The Blessed Mother said at Fatima, many sinners are going to hell because they have no one to pray and sacrifice for them. And then she said to the children, you at least make some sacrifices for them. She just told it straight up. Many sinners going to hell. See, we we need to have a a reality of where our life is going. How are we living? If 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 we keep doing evil against one another for every act or every thought is one of evil. We need to admonish the sinner. They, they have this phrase that praise in public and correct in private. So always praise someone in public, but whenever you want to admonish or correct someone, do it privately. Don't do it in front of everyone. That's, that's not right. That doesn't respect the reputation of someone. Always do it privately. Admonish the sinner. Some people presume on God's mercy, thinking that they don't have to do anything. They don't have to change, and God would just be merciful to them. And that's not true. We do have to change. We do need to make an effort. We do need to respond to God's grace and change. If we're living in sin, then the doors of heaven will be closed to us. So we need to change. And in order to change, it means accepting the truth. But when you accept the truth, that's when you come to God's mercy. Mercy and truth have kissed. They're both together. You can't have mercy without truth. But you also don't want to have truth without mercy, because then that, that's just judgment. And it's just criticizing. You have to have both of them together. Truth, which helps to convert us, and mercy at the same time. So that's one thing you could do for your enemy. Admonish the sinner. That's how you love your enemy. How else? Instruct the uninformed. Sometimes your enemy is uninformed about the truth about the truths of Christianity. You can instruct them and teach them. And don't be afraid because they can either accept it or reject it, but give anyway. Counsel the doubtful. Your enemy may be doubting. Maybe they're an agnostic or an atheist. Maybe they blame God for all the evil in the world. Counsel them. Counsel them. You can ask for these gifts of the Holy Spirit to help you. comfort the sorrowful. Maybe your enemy is bitter and sorrowful. Maybe they've had tragedy in their life. They're just blaming God for it. And to get deep down inside is to comfort them. To be a Christian to them. Be patient with those in error. Sometimes we may have good Christians that are are in error, That, that believe in not truth, but error, that they've been taught. And so we need to be patient with others when they're in error. Forgive offenses. When someone offends you, don't strike back. As Jesus said, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other. Forgive. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And finally, pray for the living and the dead. Your enemy is living. Pray for the living. Even if your enemy dies and by God's mercy is in purgatory, pray for your enemy who's deceased even. That way your light will shine to be a true child of the Heavenly Father. How do you know which one to do to your enemy? How do you know whether to admonish Instruct, counsel, comfort, be patient, forgive or pray. You need to pray the Holy Spirit. For each situation will call for something different to that person. It's like medicine. It's like a person is sick. You have to apply a different medicine to each person. Some people you want to admonish. Others you don't want to admonish. They don't need admonishment because they know their sins. Maybe they do know their sins. And so maybe you need to comfort or give them something else. This is one way of loving the enemy is the spiritual works of mercy. What's another way of loving your enemy? The corporal works of mercy. What are the seven corporal works of mercy? First, feed the hungry. Second, give drink to the thirsty. Third, clothe the naked. Fourth, shelter the homeless. Fifth, Comfort the imprisoned. Sixth, visit the sick. And seven, bury the dead. When you do these things, when you feed your enemy, give drink to your enemy. Clothe your enemy if he's naked, if he or her is naked. Shelter them if they're homeless. Comfort them if they are imprisoned. Visit them if they're sick. And bury them if they die. If you do those things to your enemy, you can win your enemy over. In this country, in the United States, during the Civil War between the North and the South, there was a lot of anti-Catholicism at that time. And the Daughters of Charity in Emmitsburg, Maryland, they they basically opened up their church, their church to take care of the wounded and the sick. And they had northern Union soldiers in on one side of the church and they had Confederate soldiers on the other side in the same building. And the sisters were feeding them, giving them drink, visiting them, tending their wounds, comforting them, clothing them. And many times in, in the midst of it, the soldiers would be yelling at each other back and forth, and the sisters were tough. They, 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 they would say, there's no fighting in here. And because of the sisters' charity and mercy toward both sides, toward both sides, that they won both sides over and it ended a lot of anti-Catholicism here in the United States because of charity, because of mercy, because those who were, who thought that These Catholics were enemies, saw the charity and the love, and won them over afterwards. And many of these soldiers were defending the sisters and defending the Catholic Church afterwards if anyone tried to badmouth the Catholic Church or the religious sisters. Love is the greatest thing that we can show and do. Jesus never asked us to do anything that he himself would not do. Some people will say, boy, the, man, these things of Jesus, these words of Jesus, this is so hard to live. Catholic teaching is so hard to live. You know what I say? Yes, it is. It is very tough. It is really tough. I I won't tell you it's easy. I'd be lying here if I stood up and say, oh yeah, it's easy. No, it's a fall a hundred times in a day. It is tough. What Jesus says is, it's tough to love your enemy. It's tough to do these works of mercy. Why would Jesus tell us something that he himself would not do, but he did? How did he practice these works of mercy? It was on the cross. For it was there that Jesus loved his enemies. He did good to those who hated him. His first word from the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was instructing the uninformed from the cross. He was counseling the doubtful. He was comforting the sorrowful from the cross. He was being patient with those in error, because Jesus was silent on the cross. Jesus was forgiving offenses from the cross. And he was praying for the living and the dead, so much so that the good thief repented on his cross and was given salvation. Jesus was feeding the hungry from the cross because we're the ones that are really hungry. He said, I thirst. He was really feeding us and giving us drink. He was naked on the cross, but he was really clothing us with salvation by his precious blood. He was sheltering the homeless from the cross. It seemed like he was the homeless one. And yet we're the homeless one, we were the, ho- were the homeless ones on earth because our true home is in heaven and he was giving us the kingdom of heaven. He was comforting the imprisoned. Many of us are imprisoned by sin, are trapped in sin. And he was setting us free with his holy wounds and his precious blood. He was visiting the sick from the cross. Many of us are spiritually sick, and Jesus was giving us the medicine, the remedy for our sins. And he was the one burying the dead from the cross. For when we die with Christ, we live with him. And it's by his death that we rise with him. You see these words of Jesus. You just need to look and meditate on the passion of Jesus. And there you will see how Jesus loved his enemies. There you will see supreme love to mercy. All the works of mercy are from the cross. Everything that God could give, he gave us from the cross for our salvation. And what Jesus wants us to do through his grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is to imitate him as much as possible, to love our enemies as he has loved his enemies. And that's why he says, be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. For when we do these things and imitate Jesus Christ, we are truly children of the heavenly father and our light will shine to the good and the bad and the just and the unjust. Love your enemies as Christ has loved his enemies.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org